0: This is the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Come get your hands dirty while we learn the nitty-gritty of leading others the way Jesus did. This is Discipleship Dissected on Coach and Joe.
1: Welcome to Coach and Joe Podcast. Oh my gosh. Whenever I talk into the microphone, I want to sound like Barry White.
0: That doesn't sound like Barry White.
1: (laughs) I do like the new setup here. Welcome to Coach and Joe Podcast, where I now have earphones on and a big, fat, nice microphone. And I'm here with a beautiful woman, the mother of my three children. I see your University of Georgia coffee mug there. Yes. That was a long time ago we met. Wendy and I met at University of Georgia. She fell in love with me. And (laughs) every time I say that, I start laughing. I did
0: fall in love with you. That is not an untrue statement.
1: We fell in friendship.
0: We did fall in friendship first. I'm a big fan of that, actually.
1: What was the name of the coffee shop we went to?
0: Athens Coffee House.
1: Athens Coffee House. I didn't like coffee, but I sure liked you.
0: I didn't like coffee, but I did like their cheesecake. Gosh, those those were some good days, that cheesecake. That was when I could eat cheesecake and it not matter. Now it matters, like big time.
1: Why is that? You get older and then the metabolism goes, except not for you. You, your sister, your mom, your grandmother are skinny.
0: I'm just saying I am feeling the impact of a metabolism wanting just to take a rest. So I should probably do some things to remind her that she's not resting right now.
1: A lot of people don't like you. A lot of women don't like you around here that are your friends. Wow. Because you can just eat what you want and, you, not, and you never get fat.
0: It's not, that's not a true story.
1: Your Uncle Brian is that way, too.
0: Oh, yes. He's skinny. Skinny, skinny.
1: wonder what that is. God just picks certain people and just says, hey, you're just going to be skinny. Hmm. And some of these people eat a lot of food.
2: Some of them do. And
1: then other people... It's just not that way. Hmm. Sluggish, well, I- sluggish metabolism. I see some of these uh, skinny young people at Ascent, and I just sometimes I even say, You poor thing, <laughs> one day that's going to change. <laughs> when Jeremiah Johnson was here recently, he said he wrestled in high school, he weighed like 135. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Goodness gracious. I gained. I mean, I was skinny. I was like, a, uh, I told Jack Norris, our youngest kiddo, he's really skinny. Uh, Missed last night, by the way. Uh, he was saying, "Dad, do you think my muscles are getting bigger?" I said, "I used to be skinny like you, and I'm not sure what happened."
0: He, it's funny because he's trying to gain weight.
1: Mm-hmm. We, I walked in on my son the other day, and he was making a protein shake. <laughs> Putting, he had like eleven ingredients in it.
0: Oh my gosh. That protein shake cost me about $23. Oh,
1: what are you doing? going to go broke. I'm serious. It's because... Get out of
0: my refrigerator.
1: He's being discipled by a 25-year-old young man named Joe Keller, and then his big brother, Sam, is doing protein shakes and creatine and working out. Bless him. It's kind of funny.
0: It is kind of funny.
1: I want to jump into a conversation today, young, beautiful lady, on... The role of Holy Spirit illuminating things that we just can't see and and what that's all about. Mm -hmm. Psalm 24 is a big psalm around here because we really want to know God very well. Mm -hmm. We want to ascend his mountain. Mm -hmm. We help people walk in friendship with God. Uh, It's the goal of Ascent University. It's the goal of Bridgeway Church. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a conversation with Destiny Publishing last week about doing a book with them, in shocker, guess what the book's going to be about? How to measure friendship with God. But there's, there's, a, there's an aspect of friendship with God that I just think that it's – a lot of people don't like to talk about, and that's this part of Psalm 24. Who can ascend the mountain of God? Well, him or her with clean hands, pure heart.
0: Who does not lift up his soul to an idol.
1: Okay, so – It was about five years ago, and you just began to pray a prayer the Holy Spirit gave you. And the prayer, when I think of it, is just, Holy Spirit, shine your light. Mm -hmm. We've started a house of prayer here. When you start a house of prayer at a church, which all churches should be a house of prayer, Holy Spirit starts illuminating so many things you can't see with your natural eyes, Mm -hmm. uh, illuminating lots of different things. Now, we can fall into self-deprecation, and you can pray this prayer from a place of condemnation that that, that God really doesn't like. Oh, yeah, I've done that too. It, mm-hmm. I, I call caught the practicing Catholic.
0: Yeah, I know it's terrible.
1: But I don't want to talk about that side of the coin. Okay. And you you absolutely battle going there. I mean, there comes a point, remember the dream I had when my head was on the body of a poodle, and I was jumping up and down in front of mm-hmm. the Lord, and, he, and I kept saying, what can I do better? What can mm-hmm. I do better? And I was exhausting him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There is a point where you can say, Father, please shine your light on on me if there's anything I need to give to you. You can take it to the point of like OCD. Absolutely. That's not this podcast. This mm-hmm. podcast is, have you ever considered that perhaps as you lead your family, as you lead your business, marketplace, whatever, that you need to say, Holy Spirit, I ask that you shine your light mm-hmm. so that I can uh, consecrate myself appropriately to where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. Where did the prayer come from? Did Was it in mm-hmm. one moment? Did you, because you started, you prayed it for a year before you even started really talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how? what is the prayer? When did the Father show you? What does the prayer that He gave you mean to you? Tell me about this prayer, Shine Your Light.
0: I believe that He gave it to me about four years ago. Time flies. I believe it's been about four years ago. Uh, and it was really, it really just kind of fell out of my mouth. you know. He loves to put words in our mouths. And in my prayer with him, in my conversations with him and and telling him what I was asking him to do, um, I found myself saying, shine your light. And I started telling him why I wanted his light. I was telling him the power of his light. I was telling him practically what light does in a dark room. And I, I can see things that I haven't seen before. And and so, in thinking through what I haven't seen before, it just fell out of my mouth. So, expose the truth. Tell me tell me what's true. Um, show me what's not true. But don't just show me the things that are all the terrible lies that I believe about myself, because I'm sure they, they exist, or all the terrible things that are going on in the world, because certainly they exist, or in the body of Christ, because I'm quite confident they exist. But tell us the truth about who we are. Tell us the truth about our purpose. Tell us the truth about... What you're what you're wanting for us and tell us the truth about our need for you. And then it just moved into, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of people that you're likely got your light bright on and 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 you're exposing truth, but they're completely blind. And so I found myself saying, I don't want to be blind to what you're showing me. Open my open our eyes. And I also found myself uh, saying our. O U R that that plural pronoun. Uh And Holy Spirit showed me, even in that moment, I remember him saying, that's so important. Keep that plural. It's inclusive of everyone. It's not just about you, or it's not just about her, or it's not just about him having his eyes open. When you you keep that inclusive, when you use the word our, it means now that I am unhindered in all of these spaces. You are honoring me and my presence and what I can do in all of these people, in all of these spaces. And really, after that, it almost came as like a tagline of, Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. And it it, it didn't take long for Holy Spirit to remind me. Actually, that's part of the prayer. So it's short, and it goes like this. Shine your light. Expose the truth. Open our eyes. Holy Spirit,
1: help us. Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you heard a sermon series on holiness? When's the last time you heard a sermon series on the reality of hell itself, or even sin?
0: It's interesting because, as the sent class, as we've in the last semester and now the start of this new semester, walked through Jerry Bridges' book *Transforming Grace*, and we're now walking through his book *Disciplines of Grace*. A lot of th- times, I think we think grace is void of holiness, <laughs> you know, or we we assume grace covers up my lack of holiness, or you know, whatever. Well, the truth is, is that we are holy. He's made us holy. And uh grace is not void of truth. In fact, we just came out of a of a class, and that was one of the the major things that Holy Spirit's teaching just really pounded on is my grace is not void of truth. My grace is truth. So when you're walking in my grace, you're actually walking in my truth. And when you're walking in truth, you know who you are, but you also recognize your present sin in light of your holiness, in light of God's holiness. So you have to see the truth of that as well.
1: God's love is amazing, really. But the closer you get to Him, the more you receive His love. I have found that the desire for holiness is is a byproduct of that.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, I've
1: I've written uh, two books on the love of the Father and identity, And yet, at this stage of my life, he speaks to me 99 times out of 100 about consecration, Mm -hmm. clean hands, pure heart. Matter of fact, Mike Hardigree, who's a man mentoring me in my life, came up to me yesterday and he said, he said, I haven't been a part of what God's doing in a church like what he's doing right now at our church in a long time. And he gave me a word that I've never used this word in a sentence. He said, the reason God can do what he's doing here right now is there's no guile. And he said, God has a word for you in this house. It's like Nathaniel. Remember when Jesus goes and finds Nathaniel? I believe it was Andrew that ran to him and he said, um, Andrew said, We found the Messiah. And Nathaniel says, Nazareth, which is funny. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought the same thing too. And when, do you remember what Jesus says to Nathaniel when Nathaniel's walking towards him? He goes, Ah, here's a true Israelite. Mm-hmm. Basically, a man with no guile, a pure Israelite. There's, I can be in Christ. The Father loved me, but if there are things in my life, Wendy, that I'm bringing to friendship with Him that aren't supposed to be there, His grace does not overlook those things. His grace actually calls those things up. Absolutely. We're talking about idolatry here. Yeah, because because He's truth. Shine your light. You know, what, you know what your prayer, the prayer that God gave you, you know what it does? It exposes idolatry. I asked a funny question. All day yesterday. long. I think I asked a, a sense student yesterday, have you ever gone out in your front yard and built an Asherah pole? <laughs> she said, well, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That would be so ridiculous. If someone did that, you'd be like, really? Yeah, flagrant. But we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And we, we, um, we get comfortable with idols. And yet you read the Ten Commandments, it's really just screaming out, you shall have no other gods before me. He wants to be our God. He never wanted to name Saul Israel's king. My point is this, your prayer exposes anything that is between the father and myself that he wants to remove, not because he's out to hurt me. He's actually born. Yes. He, he is a jealous, loving father. Mm-hmm. Shine your light is the other stuff we're bringing in to mm-hmm. the conversation. Mm-hmm. What does a person do? What is consecration? So after the light is being shown, what does a person do with what the father is shining a light on? How do you give that to him?
0: Well, you know, I think that we make assumptions that if I know the truth, then I'm somehow a new person. I'm somehow going to be different, you know. Um, But there's there's enough places in the Bible stories, and I'm specifically thinking about when Jesus was speaking to the rich young ruler, as the Bible would refer to him. Jesus told him the truth. You know, go sell everything you have, and then come and follow me. Yeah. What must I do? You know, was the question that initiated all that. Go sell everything. Come follow me. Just because we come face to face with the truth doesn't mean that we actually choose into it. And I believe that's why it's really important for that third sentence in the prayer, open our eyes. I, I want to value what God values. Jesus valued something really good. Really Strongly in that moment, with the rich young ruler, the problem is is that the rich young ruler didn't has didn't have his eyes open to see what Jesus was valuing. If he had, quite frankly, I think he would have sold it all. <laughs> but he didn't. Um, but it wasn't because he wasn't told the truth. Um, so that's that's important. I think you know to answer your question, we're just we we continuously get to choose. We are not robots.
1: Yeah. This this past summer, you and I were at the beach with the kids. And I went on a walk with the Lord, and I was reading a book on consecration. And I said out loud, please don't call me into something extreme, which I I know now why I was saying this, because I could could feel it. And you and I, we're on this 90-day thing to which right now, to which we know it's going to go beyond 90 days. To which some people be like, well, that's just a little extreme. But it's a lifestyle of feasting and fasting. Well, how did this happen? Well, the Holy Spirit started shining a light on what I'm called to lead, the appropriate amount of wisdom, the appropriate amount of power, and breakthrough anointing is not just sovereignly given. The Father actually, he told me, he drafts off my consecration. Well, so this is what he, he put his light on for me. If you look at the Bible, the number one metaphor for the kingdom of God from Genesis to Revelation is feasting. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Not fasting. Mm -hmm. It's feasting. But fasting is all throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. So which is it? Well, welcome to Jesus land. I have never met anyone in my life that puts me in more tension than Jesus. I'm telling you. So here's the deal. Chad, I love you so much. You're my Mm co-heir. Chad, you have an idol. Mm -hmm. Fast every other day. Huh? Huh? Well, which is it? Does he love me or is he calling me higher? I don't know if you... I think you may know this. Do you know that Jerry Bridges in the 1970s wrote a book called The Pursuit of Holiness? I did know that. He wrote He wrote his book on grace that you're teaching? Yes. You want to know why? I don't think I've ever told you this.
0: He writes about it in the beginning of his book, actually.
1: Because his first book made a lot of people nervous, including himself, because yeah. it felt unattainable. Yeah. Yeah. So God began to give him revelation on grace. On grace. Mm-hmm. Then, then writes a book after transforming grace, this esteemed Presbyterian minister called The Discipline of Grace. The Discipline of Grace. There's your paradox.
0: I'm telling you, what a paradoxical title. Yeah.
1: So here's my point
0: The Ways of Grace.
1: That loving, tender father
0: mm-hmm.
1: that shines his light. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him shine light on anything that doesn't cost me something. I'm
0: telling you, all the time.
1: What is the role of cost? Uh, Bonhoeffer said When Christ calls a man He bids him to come and die Why is God found in the cost? That's a good question That's a great question I feel, like, I feel like he's asking me that question Why does it Why does it have to cost Why does a higher place on the mountain Have to cost me something? <laughs>
0: uh, my first My first pass at this Is because it represents my choice Which is love? Yeah, which is love, which is, you know, it, it's love because I'm, I'm basically saying my, my resources of self-preservation, the resources that I will put into preserving myself, preserving my reputation, preserving my comfort, preserving my security, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transfer that to you. Which now, which now means I don't have any resources for that, right? And now I'm having to trust that he will preserve me.
1: Uh, you're talking about agape here. So mm-hmm. to piggyback on your answer, lo- true godly love is love that cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. He didn't just say from heaven, hey, I love you guys. I, I just want to totally forgive you for what you did in the garden, and I know all you're grafted in now because of Adam and Eve. From heaven, I'm the Father. I'm just going to give you my own revelation of who I am everyone listen it's not what he did he sent his son his son only had one assignment death maybe 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 God is found in the cost because agape must have cost to it you and I've been married I keep messing this up is it twenty two or twenty three years
0: i bl- I bless you in jesus name twenty two we will be married twenty four years on may twenty fourth of keep, this year I keep getting it wrong <laughs> this is what do they call this this is their like your star year or your there's always these little
1: you and words I
0: to describe it. Twenty fourth on the twenty fourth.
1: We have been together twenty six years as a couple. Twenty six years. That's it, true. It doesn't seem that way to me. Twenty
0: seven years we've known each other as friends.
1: Li- twenty eight. I like what uh, I like what Ruth Graham said before she died. They asked her, "Did you ever think about leaving Billy?" Have you ever heard her say that? <laughs> yeah. And she said, "No, but I did come close to killing him twice <laughs> in mar- for a marriage to go this long." I'm sorry, but you, we couldn't have taught this when we were younger. I, there's just very little receiving. It is give, It's this answer. It's giving. It's, it's giving. It's cost. Mm-hmm. It's commitment.
0: Oh man, it has cost us. Has I mean, like, it's cost me. Uh, it's cost me my own justification. It's cost me my my words. I don't get to just throw out my words. You know what I mean? Like it, the Lord's going. Do you do you trust me to handle this? Do you trust me? To, to equip him to lead you strongly, to lead you rightly? Do you trust me for that?
1: And most of, the, of our answers, is, well, we say we like, we really don't. Oh,
0: God, Lord. We really don't. You're exposing though. the truth that I don't trust you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: so then it stops having to be anything about you, and it has to be, again, back to to me and the Lord. So, so here's the trick, Wendy. Cost.
1: Here's the trick. Uh, and I, uh, there's somebody I'm leading right now in my life. They've been crying out to be friends with God. You better be careful, because mm-hmm. guess what? That Your prayer, the light will... Here's the deal. If you want to be friends with God, He hates idolatry. If you haven't read "Killing Kryptonite" by John Bevere, goodness gracious, read that book. It's the hardest book Bevere ever has ever written, and he he didn't like writing it because mm-hmm. God started opening his eyes to New Testament idolatry. So, you begin to cry out, "I just want real." Mm-hmm. In the past year, mm-hmm. year, year and a half, mm-hmm. I just want I want to really know. Mm-hmm. I have learned over the years, if you say that, which is where I'm at with God right now, I didn't really want to know him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, okay. Here comes the light because some things have to be removed from me, my thinking, mm-hmm. my actions. We'll close this podcast down today. Forget what you're leading. How about to start with yourself? As you lead yourself, mm-hmm. you cannot ascend the mountain without it costing you something. Uh, Michael Thornton said we need we need to watch a show. I think it's three episodes. It's a real person. It's a documentary that ta- with that works with Sherpas that takes people up uh, Everest. Oh, and, and it's, it talks a lot about what that's all about mm. and, and the cost of it, not just financially, but how difficult it is. Interesting. Jesus talked about a wide road and a narrow road. Uh-huh. I tell you this: you want to pray that prayer, Wendy's prayer, the prayer that God gave Wendy. It will put you on a narrow road. I keep hearing in my spirit last couple of years, though, over and over and over, where are the Bonhoeffers? Mm-hmm. You know what I think that's all about? His book, The Cost.
0: The Cost of Discipleship.
1: Did you ever read it back in the day?
0: Uh, I skimmed it back in the day, That means was, I did not read it. Let's call things what was they Was that
1: not. your Tifton days? Because that would have been my, that would before have been, we met.
0: Yeah, that would have been early, early college days for me.
1: I remember reading that going, mm-hmm. good grief, that book got in me. Mm-hmm. And, I need,
0: and I need to... Follow through and
1: read that. I'll land the plane here. I had, and I feel like I'm getting some revelation on this. Uh, that odd dream I had two years ago, in the dream I was taken to Germany, and it was so real. You know, some dreams are like, goodness gracious. I mm-hmm. felt like I was literally in Germany. He's a really great guy. There was an octagon house in front of me, mm-hmm. and there was a person that stood behind me. I knew it was the Lord. And I said, what is, what is this? And he says, uh, these are my gifts. And he said, plural, these and gifts, but there's only one house in front of me. And he said, they're your Bonhoeffer houses. Bonhoeffer houses. That octagon thing. You know what I think is going on? I think a culture at Ascent and a culture at Bridgeway is being built that primarily has to do with cost. Mm-hmm. Eugene Peterson said the the highest revelation of the spiritual life is this is the purpose of the spiritual life is death. Luke nine twenty three. You've died, you have died more in the last year and a half than I've seen ever, and I'm seeing resurrection power mm-hmm. hit your life. Um, why don't you send us out praying that prayer mm-hmm. so that, that, that our listening audience can hear you pray that prayer, perhaps even write it down mm-hmm. and um, step into it. Mm-hmm. I have a word for you before you pray it. You're supposed to write on this.
0: Yes, I, I do feel that way.
1: There's a book in you on this.
0: There, there really is.
1: It's a book on uh, prayer intercession, and this prayer is awful, though.
0: It's 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 terrible in every wonderful way.
1: Your your friend Laura says to you all the time that prayer. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're you pray that prayer, and God will do it.
0: Think about it, though. You know, sometimes we can really downplay the simple. This prayer is incredibly simple. It's incredibly inclusive. It gives God liberty to do whatever He wants to do unhindered. And uh, that's why it's powerful. So that would be my encouragement on our way out here is to not... Pray us out. ...underestimate the power of this very simple prayer. So, Lord, we, we freshly today... Um, We honor you as Master. We honor you as the one true God. You are the light of the world. And so we ask that you shine your light. That you would expose the truth. You would open our eyes. And Holy Spirit, help us. We love you. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus the great light hmm. who t- turned around and told us, go be the light of the world. I mean, you want us to represent. It's, it's in his powerful name that we ask this very simple prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Uh, before we go, he's giving me another word for you while you're praying. I think it was the old building. I don't remember. The FOSS, Your FOS. FOSS, FOS. Fos P-H-O. A-
0: P-H-O-S. FOS.
1: You got it right, girl. Mm-hmm. Be at peace. God bless. See you later, alligator.
0: Adios. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and CoachandJoe.com for epic merch, blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast.